0: My name is Professor Jen Snowball, and the topic today is fiscal policy in a recession. Now, in microeconomics, there are not that many debates, but in macroeconomics, there are lots of different opinions about how the economy should be kept close to its potential. One of the people who made a big difference to this debate was John Maynard Keynes, and he famously said, in the long run, we're all dead. Now, what I'm going to do in this movie is to explain to you where that quote comes from. Firstly, we need a bit of background. The Great Depression happened uh, in the U.S. from 1929 to 1939, starting with the very famous U.S. stock market crash. At the time, the kind of economics that most governments followed was classical economics, And their thoughts were, markets work really well if you leave them by themselves. So they had a kind of leave-it-alone or laissez-faire view on what uh, governments should be doing. All that meant was you enforce property rights, but you don't actually intervene in any kind of active way. Now, during the Great Depression, when the economy took a serious dive, there was mass unemployment and so on, Um, this became a bit of a problem. At the time, the classical model economists said what you should do is tighten your belt, right? And by this, they meant that uh, when times are tough, then you've got to spend less. So I think this comes from when you're hungry, instead of eating more when times are tough, you tighten your belt, make your stomach, stomach smaller, and so you don't feel quite as hungry, so in other words, governments should also tighten their belt during the time uh, that the economy is not growing well. Now what that means from a fiscal policy point of view is decrease government spending and uh, not interfering um, with the economy. So you would have the same kind of move in government spending as you would in other kinds of spending. Now Keynes came along and said, what works for a family, that is, cutting back on spending during times of low income, does not work for an economy. In fact, reducing government spending during tough times makes your problem worse. During a recession, his view was that governments should actually drop taxes and increase government spending in order to stimulate the economy. Now, we know that uh, government spending is part of aggregate demand. And by reducing taxes, you boost consumption spending as well. So this is what is referred to as counter-cyclical fiscal policy. So government moving in the opposite direction to the business cycle. And Keynes said you should do this even if it meant that the government would be running a deficit. In other words, that G, government spending, would be less than taxes, or more than taxes. Right, so let's have a look now at the classical view versus the Keynesian view. Let's start with the classical model, which was the original one. Their view was that when you have a recessionary gap, you're going to have unemployment. So another way of thinking of that is labor supply is more than labor demand. So firms are cutting back, they're cutting jobs, households are desperate for work, so you have unemployment. Now, in the classical model, this surplus of people looking for jobs would eventually result in a drop in the wage rate. So people would accept a job at a lower wage rate rather than have no job or lose their job. The fall in production costs would boost firms' output. So as wages fell, it would become cheaper to produce things. So firms would increase their output automatically and they would be able to reduce the price that they sold their goods and services to consumers. GDP would rise until you're back at long-run equilibrium and price level actually falls. So that was the classical model. Leave it alone in the long run, it'll sort itself out. Now, this is why Keynes said, in the long run, we're all dead. So he wasn't saying the classical model is wrong, right? He didn't say there's no automatic adjustment. He said, yes, there may be automatic adjustment, but it will take so long for wages to fall that we might as well sort of say goodbye to a whole generation of workers, And the reason that wages take so long to fall is that they are what he called sticky downwards. In other words, everybody's very happy to have an increase in their salary or their earnings, but we really resist having a decrease in our salary. And we tend to remain unemployed for a long time before we will accept a job at a lower wage rate than what we had before. So given that wages are sticky downwards, Keynes said, It's going to take an age for that automatic uh, classical model uh, to work. So what we need to do is have some active government policy now. Increase government spending and or reduce taxes, even if it causes a deficit. That's going to shift the aggregate demand curve to the right, so it increases aggregate demand... GDP will rise until we're back at Y-star, or long-run equilibrium, so we close that recessionary gap, and the price level also increases. So you can see the contrasting uh, views of the classical and the Keynesian um, views on how to deal with a recessionary gap. So let's see how the classical model response to a recession looks on our ADAS diagram. Firstly, remember that aggregate supply in the long run determines potential GDP. So a recessionary gap is when aggregate demand and short-run aggregate supply meet at some point below Y-star. So if we're going to show where potential GDP is in this diagram, then we would use our annotation there, Y-star, potential GDP or full employment. And we're not there, we're in short-run equilibrium at Y1. So that means that this gap here represents a recession. The classical model response to this is to say that no fiscal policy is required. Remember, laissez-faire, leave it as it is. So how would their story work? Well, what they would say is that this gap represents unused resources, including workers. And the result will be some unemployment or excess supply of labor. Now, thinking back to the labor market, remember that for the classical economists, there's no reason, there's nothing to prevent wages from falling. So they said that if you just waited, wages would fall. The result of that would be what's called automatic adjustment. A drop in production costs shifts the short-run aggregate supply curve to the right, closing the recessionary gap. Does this work? Well, Keynes famously said, in the long run, we're all dead. So his point was that it will take so long for real wages to fall, in order to close the gap automatically, that um, this would, would take more than a lifetime. And so his point was, you really need some kind of active fiscal policy. Classical model economists pointed out, though, that their policy had no danger of overshooting in the economy, because it would automatically stop when unemployment had been dealt with. They also pointed out that their policy would result in a decrease in the price level. So there would be a drop in inflation, which they regarded as a good thing, as well as the closing of the recessionary gap. So let's have a look at the Keynesian response or the alternative. So if you don't want to wait for the long-run processes to work automatically, what kind of of fiscal policy can you put in place? Again, we'll start off at a point showing where um, aggregate demand and short run aggregate supply meet with a recessionary gap, in a recessionary gap, at a particular price level. So if we finish labeling our diagram, this would be Y star or potential GDP, and this is our short run equilibrium at Y naught. The gap here represents the recession, um, one of the major problems being unemployment. So rather than waiting for wages to fall, what Keynes suggested was active fiscal policy, expansionary fiscal policy. So we should increase government spending or drop the tax rate. So increasing government spending would increase aggregate demand directly because you remember that aggregate demand is made up of consumption, investment, government spending and exports minus imports or net exports. A drop in taxes increases aggregate demand indirectly because it means that households have more consumption as a result of having more disposable income. So, both or either of these policies would shift the aggregate demand curve rightwards. And if it was exactly the right amount, then aggregate demand would increase until it was once again back at uh, long-run equilibrium. What would be the downside of this kind of policy? Well, firstly, remember the multiplier. So it's not quite as exact a science as one would uh, think. So, you have to be very careful to increase aggregate demand by not too much. So, you don't want to overshoot and not too little. So, it's not effective in closing your gap. The other thing to notice is that an increase in aggregate demand always comes with an increase in prices. So, if we stayed at the same price level over here, what would happen there is that aggregate demand, which has increased is now more than short run aggregate supply, so there's a shortage. When there's a shortage of goods and services, prices rise. That has the effect of decreasing the quantity of aggregate demanded, and increasing the quantity of aggregate supplied. And this will continue until you're back at equilibrium, where the new aggregate demand curve is equal to aggregate supply. So the effect of the rightward shift of aggregate demand is that the recessionary gap closes, but also that price level rises. So we have a closing of the recessionary gap, and Kane said it will be much faster than the automatic adjustment mechanism, but we also have a rise in price level, so there's some inflation. Now, one of the things that's often asked is, which is the best option? Okay, so what should, we, uh, what should we do if we have this particular kind of recessionary gap? Well, the first thing about economics is that it's very difficult to prove that a particular policy is better than another one because many things are changing at the same time. So one of the assumptions of economics is this ceteris paribus, which is Latin for all other things remain constant. But in reality, that never happens. So at the same time as you're having this recessionary gap, you might be having an increase in net exports, investment could be changing, there might be some monetary policy going on in the background. So it's very difficult to definitively prove that it was your fiscal policy that actually closed the gap. So the first thing we need to think about is, well, you know, how, what are the impacts of these policies likely to be? Most economists now do advocate some active fiscal policy. So, if we look at what happened around the financial crisis, almost all governments where economies went into a recession tried to stimulate the economy using some kind of government measure. An interesting thing here is that in South Africa, of course, around 2008 9, what were we preparing for? Do you remember? the Soccer World Cup in 2010. So there was already this big fiscal stimulus in the sense of government increasing spending on things like infrastructure and stadia. And some people said that's why we weren't so badly affected then, because we already had this boost in government spending that was happening. But most economists also agree it's no good trying to use fiscal policy to what's called fine-tune the economy. So if your gap is quite small, it's really dangerous to start a stimulus package. It takes some time to work. And remember, you still have to go through the multiplier process before the total effect is felt. So that could be uh, one of the reasons why you wouldn't use fiscal policy if you were having a very short-term recession or if it was a very small output gap. Other economists argue that monetary policy is better because it works faster. So this is changing the money supply or the interest rate, and so this could be another way um, of stimulating your economy to escape that recession. Very few economists now would argue for a totally laissez-faire approach. In other words, that the government shouldn't be involved at all. I hope this has answered the question and explained to you why Cain said, in the long run, we're all dead.